One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador, Laurie Blake. Hello. And this is the NXT Review Podcast. How the devil are you? I'm blooming well, thank you very much. Uh, I've been playing WWE 2K19, which you, I bought yesterday. I know, you've been uh, rambling on about it since I you got been, into the studio. Because I've been all, all you want to do is just go home and play that game. I just game want to or? go home and play the game, but also because I feel like I've I've done all the setup. I spent I did I did the classic thing that people do when they get 2K, I think. Well, what I do at least was I did one match to test how the game worked, which I did Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano, and I beat Johnny Gargano. What a chump. What a chump. Johnny loser. <laughs> uh, and then um, I spent roughly three hours making a character. Yes. Uh, well, that is the way you meant to play <laughs> yeah. these wrestling games, I'm exactly. pretty sure. Yeah. So, I spe- so I've made Blake Manley, as I call him, uh, and I am waiting to start my career mm-hmm. in WWE, which... We- I did start did try to do the first match, and I only realised as the match started that the X button on my controller is very broken and very unresponsive because I got pinned on the first pin attempt, <laughs> which happened after like the first move. It just pinned me, and I was like pressing X and like it's not kicking out. <laughs> oh no! Um, I mean, I, I we, we talked about two K nineteen. We haven't talked about it on this show, however. But uh, I I don't know if I'm going to get it. And mainly because you came in and told me there's a loot box nonsense, yeah. and I'm sort of I'm very anti loot box in any game, so I don't want to. We could get into a massive discussion about that, but yeah, I'd, this I'd, is I'd, very I'd, much the 2K way of doing. It is, like the yeah. NBA one does it as well. The same thing yeah. is like they they cast your character so low in terms of skill points that you're allowed to create. Because I remember when, in the days of SmackDown on the PlayStation, you could just be like, I am better than The Undertaker. And mm. You could just put all your points up and be, be number one, which is fine. That's, that's the fantasy. That's the point of creating character. But in 2K, for some reason, you have to grind to be good. Or spend real-world money on a game that you've already spent real-world money yeah. and on. And even that, doesn't, that, even that doesn't boost you up enough no. to really compete. Like, so I'm, my character's rating is 50-something. <laughs> Which, which is like 20 points lower than 20 like, points lower than anyone on NXT yeah which is obviously where you'll start once you finished there's, so there's a bit on in this game where you start in the indies mm. and you fight random people they've made up the first guy weirdly seems like a bit of a, uh, a rib on the young bucks oh, really? because he's wearing the tassels oh yeah um, yeah so that seems like it, maybe that's suggesting maybe maybe not like yeah. maybe it's a Tyler Breeze rip I don't know but yeah, yeah. I mean I, I don't like this idea of having like create a wrestler stuff mm. like having all the moves and all the costume stuff was just in the game and yeah. what, what 2k have done is they've taken that stuff taken it out of the game and then be like now if you pay for it you can have it back yeah and i'm like well no because i used to just have it yeah like why am i now spending extra money to give you the stuff that i used to just have i don't mind the idea i of like chasing a- some progression yes that i don't mind but, at all. yeah I- i'm really i am very anti the not having the moves available because in in the in 2k 17 you could buy with vc points which is what you earn from playing the career mode you would buy big packs of moves so you would and you could see what was in those packs so you'd be like yeah. i want my finisher to be the jackhammer which is what i usually would pick for no mercy was the same way yeah and i was so i would go in and i would pick that finisher that that pack and with that finisher in and i would make my moves out make my moves out of those things instead in this game so i've gone through and bought these like randomized packs where you get five moves in they have different levels so they're like epic moves one of the epic things i unlocked was a brie bella taunt and i was like (laughs) god damn it game you don't know what the hell you're talking about so then when i've gone through and done my move set i spent like an hour doing it last night 
and I was going through like, and they obviously they put all the finishes at the bottom. What I should have done is gone to the finishes first. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I went all the way through, and I got to finishes, and then I looked at all the moves that I had available to be a finisher, thinking, you know, some moves like the Stone Cold Stunner, you can't just have as a normal move in this game. They're, they're, they're like, there are certain moves that only come under the finisher category, and Stone Cold Stunner, funnily enough, is one that I have unlocked. However, there wasn't another move in that entire list of moves that I was like, oh, that would be a good, cool finisher to do. So yeah. I just had to go with, like, I just went with the end of Heartache, yeah. which I had already unlocked and was already my character's finisher from the beginning of the game when you do the, like, creation wizard. So I was just like, this is just... Well, I'm just a generic creator character, really, now. Um, it's funny, actually, someone mentioned this on the, the Discord server earlier today. They were talking about, like, the, the unlocking of stuff in, in... Well, I say the unlocking of stuff, the buying of extra stuff in yeah. loot boxes. And they were saying, like, one of the really silly things about it is that you're buying these moves for career modes, and they're giving you, like, female clothes and female moves and female taunts. You can't be a female in my career no, mode. Yeah. So all this stuff you're actually getting in loot boxes is redundant. <laughs> So women don't have careers; they just have hobbies. Apparently, <laughs> well, you're just friends, mate. That's all you yeah, can yeah, be. You can only be friends. You're only you... allowed to be mates. Yeah, you actually just have bust ups. <laughs> it's not. Essentially, if <laughs> everyone two... else is working. If WWE made a game that actually had a female career mode in it, it would just be The Sims. It would just be, <laughs> <laughs> it would just be Total Divas, wouldn't it? But, like, <laughs> but The Sims. Nia Jax has come round. <laughs> blah 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 blah. blah, blah. <laughs> Right, Nikki so- and John Cena are they having woo woo? We don't know. <laughs> no one knows. Uh, right, let's crack on with the NXT review. We're going to be kicking off though with the uh, terrific triple threat match between Adam Cole, Ricochet, and Pete Dunne. Here's the show. Where yes, we saw a pretty great match. Uh, it was the triple threat match for the North American Championship. The defending champion Ricochet against Adam Cole and Pete Dunn. Uh-huh. We saw an amazing video package for it last week with all three guys. You and I were very, very complimentary of that uh, video package. I was quality set up. Very set up. Very excited for this. And this was this was only a two match show. There was it was I cut one in ring segment, a match, and then this very long mm-hmm. match. So it took up like probably the last half of the show. Thank goodness. And it was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's, di- let's just dive into it. This was a terrific match. This was absolutely awesome. Do you know what? I thought, I kind of thought it started off slow. I'm mm. going to go out there, and they did a lot of, um, they, actually, it turned out to be a very smart going slow in the, in the initial bit. But for the first, like, couple of minutes as they got into it, and they were doing a lot of um, one person's outside the ring, the two people have a, have a quick brawl on the inside, someone comes in and breaks off a pin, and then another guy goes out the ring, and then it's the next combination. They did... They worked through all the combinations there. And I was kind of like, oh, it's a bit slow, isn't it? And then yeah. they just went, and then that was the point, I think, because they were holding back on the fact that, like, once all three of them are in the ring, suddenly magic happens, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, it really was. It was a case of, a very, it was very WWE in that sense, which is their kind of standard formula for a triple mm. threat match, is that two people are in the ring and one person goes to the outside, and then you just do more or less a singles match, and you just switch up that singles match yes, every now yeah. and again. And I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I thought the match got much better when all three of them were just in the ring at the same mm. time, doing lots of like amazing, amazing spots. I thought Pete Dunne was absolutely sensational in this. Yeah, match. and I, I also wouldn't. I also I, I don't think the the one-on-one aspect of it, where someone's outside and, and the other two are in the ring, bit. I think it's just me that's it's yeah. me that's wrong. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's the guys performing that are like you know. It wasn't like that bit was bad. It was just because I knew what we could have, and yes. I was like, but I want that bit. The same as last week when they were announcing the match, and I was like, I don't have to watch NXT this week. I just want to watch it next week I when this is. I just want to watch now, this yeah. thing happening. Absolutely, yeah. But it, this was absolutely amazing stuff throughout this. As I said, I thought Pete Dunne for me was my. He was my MVP, MVP of this mm. match. I thought he was absolutely sensational. He bloody loves throwing an enziguri. Uh, a step up enziguri is yeah. the Pete Dunne move of choice. Or his uh, ah, uh, kick you in the head move, or just, which or is snapping your also fingers. Also, my favourite. Yeah, there's some really great stuff like the shooting star press and like and like into the um, the triangle. Oh, oh my god. god, what a great spot that was! And it was just it was really really move. Uh, I've written here one of my things like he throws he throws ricochet in and hits a move for an earful because there were so many yeah. times they just hit moves and I'm like I have no idea what he just hit he did was an X-Plex awesome. was it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah something like so that. there was a few yeah there was a few moments like that but I, I love the fact that like he always manages to play off other people perfectly he's like so good at like because Ricochet can do 
like things that leave you gobsmacked. Like you just yeah. watch. Like so, there, there, there was a bit where he uh, he spears Cole and goes through the ropes mm. in the corner, and then it looks like he's, he's set up for a springboard. But rather than springboard onto Cole, he runs along the apron straight up the turnbuckle yeah. and moonsaults onto Dunn before jumping back to do the springboard yeah. spinning uh, forearm yeah the big uppercut he did it was really but really like, awesome if he if, so, if there's a man who can do that in 10 seconds without stopping and then Pete Dunne can go oh no but if we did this thing then you know it just, just that tiny little technical twist to it like catching someone in the guillotine perfectly and all that kind of stuff it just makes it it's just genius like the same as when he did um Ricochet's getting the pin and he goes to do the uh, single arm powerbomb out of the guillotine yeah and as they go up, Dunn grabs his fingers. And breaks it, yeah. And, and then pulls, and then he has to drop him back down. It's that kind of like, that level of counter, like kind of counter-attacking yeah. is insane and makes it seem like it's such an even playing field when, obviously, I think athletically, Ricochet has the edge on pretty much any other person yeah. in NXT. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's when Ollie and I do Ramble Club, the, the Patreon-exclusive podcast for $10 and above backers, we do very detailed notes on that. We literally do like a move by move mm. by move. And I had it in my head going into this match. I'm like, I'm almost certain this is going to be in our top five matches mm. of the month. So I'm going to just start doing my notes now. I'm going to do my, my move by move notes, which is why I've written so many notes oh for my this God. match. But... Um, it got to a point, and I, we say like this... an audio book you've written for. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I, we always say this when we do Ramble Club as well. There are often times, we, we, there are some matches, usually it's a Will Ospreay match, mm. where there'll be so many things that you can't write your notes quick enough no. to keep up with things. And that's why there are times when Pete Dunne will do a move or Ricochet will do a move, and I'll be like, I, he did a move. Mm. I need to rewind and watch what he did again yeah. because they're moving so quick and it's so fast and it's so fluid. Is I, the Fluid is the key word I'd like to use. Because it always feels so fresh and natural, mm. and like nothing, it doesn't feel too staged. Which often, sometimes, wrestling matches can feel a bit staged. Particularly when you are doing like it's a big spot fest type match, it looks like you know choreography. It looks like ballet. Mm. But I thought this was really, really well worked. Told a really, really good story in there as well. Just these three guys wanting to win and prove that they are the best in this division. And um, it came with a, a pretty terrific ending, though. Although in the replay, it did look like Pete Dunne basically had the match won and the referee just stopped counting. Yeah, that was, there, was, there was a slightly slow... Like, Pete tried to sort of slow down his crawl to pin Cole as well. Yeah. And you could see him slowing it down and obviously he'd and seen Ricochet position. getting into position but yeah. then yeah the, the count started and then it sort of was like I feel like three's three's gone now I know <laughs> I know how seconds work yeah. and I think three's happened yeah so essentially <laughs> what happened is that Pete Dunne hit the bitter end on Adam Cole and had the match won but as he, he kind of like crawled into the pin on his back and very much set himself into position so Ricochet could hit a springboard 450 onto Pete Dunne and he got the pin on him and it, it was really funny in the, in the replay the referee does go one two Goes to put his hand down for three, and then it's like, but no. Yeah, and then Ricochet hits. Yeah, yeah, and then Ricochet hits the move. Unfortunately, you can't do it if you see someone else <laughs> and just go, "Oh, he, he'll probably get here." Yeah, but it was a really, really <laughs> well worked match. But I suppose the question is, and what the title of this video is, is it a possible match of the year contender? Ooh, I, I don't think so. Yes, I think. Uh, the, it was it was an amazing telling. It might be possibly one of the best TV matches of the year. Um, however, in terms of, if you're including pay per views and everything else into that, definitely not. Like the yeah. the, the quality of NXT's pay per view matches this year, and I'm only talking NXT and not even like there's been some incredible matches on the main roster and there's been incredible matches in plenty of other promotions around the world. Mm. Uh, yeah, this this was even though it felt amazing. I think this was just three guys like coasting because that's how good they are. Like that, they're so good that this was just like, yeah, this is just something we threw yeah. together. Like you know, and then, and when hopefully the War Games pay per view rolls around and these three guys with their teams possibly are involved, that is going to be insane. Yeah. And we're going to see some more of that next week because they've, they've set up that it's going to be uh, the Undisputed Era defending the tag team titles against War Raiders next mm -hmm. week. And like our kind of prediction we've got for War Games is going to be, well, I mean, I think we're going with the Dunn Ricochet War Raiders versus Undisputed Era four on four inside War Games mm -hmm. if Bobby Fish is, well, is ready to go, which apparently he is. Apparently he's mm -hmm. now like cleared to wrestle. Do you think it would be for, for everything? Oh, I don't think there'll be titles on the line. I, think I would love it like, to be for everything. <laughs> yeah. Winner takes all. Winner takes like, all, yeah. We just have all of it. Um, 
But yeah, in regards to like, uh, if I thought it was a match of the year contender, I think that there have been two. This has been like this. I'd probably say it's the second best match in NXT TV this year. So not talking mm-hmm. about the takeovers and stuff. Because I thought the um, the Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Tag Team title match was like, yeah. that was exceptional. It was absolutely amazing. Um, and like the, the six-man tag that they had and the NXT UK which, stuff. So which, which Mustache Mountain, the, the one with the throwing a towel in? Yes. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was incredible. Absolutely awesome. In terms of TV at the very least, I would say that was like, uh, it, I thought it was probably better than this match. But I think, like, even if you kind of take into consideration, like, other country, you know, mm. other companies around the world, it, but it was, like, I don't want to downplay it because I thought it was absolutely exceptional. Like, it's mm. easily the best match in NXT, in WWE this week. Yeah. Like, well, in, the, in the last few months. I yeah, think, yeah, including totally. Including yeah. Super Showdown and except, all that stuff. You know, maybe, and, uh, yeah. maybe Murphy Alexander. And I loved the, the, little... uh, the Becky Charlotte match on SmackDown this week. I thought that was absolutely mm. awesome. Although I did miss, someone sent me a GIF of Charlotte doing, like, um, uh, a catapult mm. and like her and Becky just good lord it was awful like it was just like she is as Becky Lynch essentially stood up and then threw herself into the uh, it was very bad but I, I, I think compl- Charlotte's uh, I equilibrium has been altered recently so she's not as used to doing certain things as she was before but this was it was an absolutely awesome awesome match and it was and it kind of capped off a very interesting episode uh, of NXT because it was and it's weird as well because it almost felt like this was a stopgap episode of NXT because mm. not a lot of things were really furthered, but that didn't stop it being an absolutely awesome show. Mm. And so when we sat down to do this review, you you just said to me was like, "Why can't they just have wrestling on the main roster?" Yeah, well, it's so it's so weird that they're like NXT is an hour long show. Usually, you manage to get four matches in the one hour that they do. Plus. So say like last week when we chatted about this and we said there were four matches on this show, there were also six other storylines that were mentioned yeah. or like six scenes that furthered other things happening. Just move that out of the way. Um, <laughs> but then they also do the sort of brave thing and be like, no, half of this now, more than half of this show is just going to be this one match and we're just going to give these people, like, we're just going to give these guys the time to sit there and go, oh, do the bit that Laurie's going to call boring <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> because actually by the end of the match he will learn that mm-hmm. that was entirely the point because we're trying to make you anticipate the moment when all three of us come in and you don't you very very rarely get that on the main roster you maybe get that a little bit more on Smackdown Raw oh, only, I'd, I'd say you get it more on Raw than well, you Raw do seemed to do it Raw seemed to do it Smackdown has more matches I think in general that are not the same exact match over and over again Raw tends to do it but it will be only matches involving Seth Rollins. Well, yeah, he's the he only was. one allowed to have a proper match. Yeah, I'd argue slightly against that. I'd, I'd say that Raw, overall, although SmackDown is usually the better show of the mm. two, I do prefer the wrestling that is on Raw because SmackDown, the way that SmackDown is structured, it's all, like matches are there for ad breaks. Oh yes, like it's because they need to they need to have an ad break to you know make some money. And they're like, well, no one really watches this for the wrestling, so just put it in the middle of the wrestling matches. Who doesn't watch it's wrestling? For the re- <laughs> where did this? Where did this thing come they, well, from they, that they people been, don't watch wrestling for the, the wrestling? Thing is, though, like WWE have done it for it's twenty that, odd years. It's that like so damn it's, South Park episode. <laughs> it's like WWE have done this for twenty odd years. So it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. So you're like, but like that's how I kind of feel with SmackDown. Mm. Whereas like, so whenever I do the review for SmackDown, it's always like. Well, the wrestling was actually pretty naff on this show. They had five matches, but there was like actually mm. four minutes worth of actual wrestling in there. Whereas like NXT usually like you know they've always got really good matches. Uh, the really guys on SmackDown on should just start just continue wrestling well through the break. Well, that would be one thing, but yeah, breaks are usually then used for chin locks and yeah. rest holds. But they and should just like that. they should just carry on. Yeah. I think like just win by just doing it. Like. Yeah. Apologize later. That's what I'd do. ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> Just start doing yeah. it. Have the most amazing match entirely while an advert for KFC plays over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I think Raw does like usually really better with its in-ring stuff. Russell Ramble is taking over the Prince Charles Cinema on November 13th, 2018 for a live podcast recording along with a special screening of one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time, Beyond the Mat. Since you are able to regurgitate, you know, on command, um, it, it just seems to me that, that, that it's pretty logical that 
You should be puke. Ollie El Fakador and myself will be in attendance to watch the film and meet everyone who comes along, as well as record a live episode of the podcast with your Q's and RAs. You make it sound like you don't even want to live. There's time to know. But this won't just be any old screening of Beyond the Mat, no, 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 this will be a wrestle-along screening. We want to create the atmosphere of a wrestling show inside the cinema screen. That means that we want you to bring your signs, bring your costumes, and bring your chance. He's got a pew! He's got a pew! It's going to be a lot of fun, and we can't wait to meet you all there. That's November 13th at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Wrestle-along screening of Beyond the Mat, along with a live podcast record of Wrestle Ramble. Tickets are available now from PrinceCharlesCinema.com, but they are going fast. Game of Wall Street 4. Wall Street wasn't fun. Wrestling is fun. That's PrinceCharlesCinema.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, so NXT opened up this week with Tommaso Ciampa coming out to Taz's music. Every time I hear it, I just think, oh, Taz is coming down in the ring. What's he doing here? But no, it is Tommaso Ciampa. My girlfriend this morning was watching me watch it, and she went, why are you on the telly? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, we can say that about so many people oh, in this one company. You get that a lot. Mm. Like, Laurie looks like blank. It's usually wrestler with beard. That, and that, that's, that's the problem. Most people have beard blindness. That means that they just see all people with beards as the same sort of mush of features. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They just see beard. You are just beard. Mm. Whereas I'm often referred to as Kevin Owens because our names are sort of the same. However, he does have one extra letter on his surname. And a completely different first name. And a completely name. different first <laughs> name. Oh, well, never. A lot of people never like, mind. Are you, are you brothers? Are you related? I'm like, no, he's got a completely different surname. Yeah, that's not the same one. It's not the same surname. No. I've got one letter less um, and better. But anyway, so Tommaso Ciampa opened up this show and he comes down and he says that he's the greatest sports entertainer of all time with the greatest entrance music of all time. And I kind of like this as well because we, one of the things that people really liked about the Ciampa character was doesn't have any entrance music he's like, what mm. a heel what a heel he just comes out to no entrance music but there's only so far you can take that gimmick yeah. like when our truth did it when he turned heel back in 2011 um and, but i like that he's now kind of made this part of his character it was like yeah i used to come out to no music because you guys like music 
but I'm just the best. Yeah. So I've got the best music. And he's now. got fairly grating music <laughs> as it is. So, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he's got he's now got merchandise and everything as well. So, exactly. You know, he's yeah. playing the game slightly more. Exactly. He, he might as well. He's the champion. Absolutely. He's the champion. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The, cha- um, the champion. The champion. So he says uh, he calls out Velveteen Dream here. Well, yeah, because he says like Velveteen Dream's been sticking his nose where it doesn't belong, and that does bring out Dream. I thought Dream got a great reaction when he came out yeah. as well because talk about a match I didn't know I wanted. Champa versus Dream. Oh, this I want like, to see it. You know, yeah. a couple of weeks ago when they set up Champa versus Otis Dozovic, and all of a sudden my ears like perked up. I was like, I had no idea I wanted to see that match, yeah, yeah. but I really want to see that Let's match. Let's do Champa. Yeah, and then and then there was also a tease here of another match that people didn't know they wanted to see: <laughs> Champa versus Dream versus Nikki Cross. Yeah. So anyway, he, um, I like that Dream kind of comes out and he says that um, that he's the and I've. I've will say this my only negative I had about this segment is that they kept saying the word sports entertainer like it was an actual thing mm. I'm the greatest sports entertainer just say wrestler I know they can't but either way mm. they, you know, he says I'm the greatest sports entertainer of all time and that belt deserves a better experience I love this that Champa just says like uh, oh Dream yeah I think you could be champion but I'm just not sure you're tough enough yeah and he got he got the audience <laughs> bowing to him for that line that was so good it was so awesome and then he brings out Ballister Black and saying that, that Dream has been accusing him of attacking him and that brings out Nikki Cross. Mm. Really, like, I mean, I know Nikki Cross has kind of like been very much involved in this sort of thing because she knows, apparently. But I never did I think that this segment was going to open up with Champa coming out, Dream coming out, and then Nikki Cross coming mm. out. And, and she, she just goes weird for quite yeah, a long time. She I doesn't really great. do anything for a long time. She just runs around the ring going, <laughs> I mean, I've written here, she just acts crazy for a bit. And then the crowd yeah, started, yeah. Trying, started chanting, Nikki's triple got, threat. Triple and threat, and then Nikki's Nikki, got a secret. Nikki knows a secret. Yeah, uh, and like she starts touching uh, Velveteen Dream's jacket and stuff. She's like, get off. What yeah. are you doing? She scares him out of the ring <laughs> yeah, towards the end. But she says, she goes up to both of them and she says, I know what you did. So she says to Dream first, I know what you did. And then she turns to Champion and she goes, I know what you did too. Yeah. I feel like it's sort of setting up some sort of murder on the Orient Express style solution to the Alistair Black thing. It was everyone. Yeah, it was everyone and no yeah. one. Uh, I like this as well because when Champa was doing his promo, like talking to Velveteen Dream, he often like listens to his belt to see what Goldie has to say. Mm. And Nikki Cross gets into the ring and she starts listening to the belt <laughs> and Champa's almost like, a, no, what are you doing? Get away, stop doing that. She's trying to listen to the belt. And he goes to say something in the microphone. She goes, boom, just knocks it out yeah, of his hand. Yeah, and then she kicks it away when he goes to pick it up. It was it so was like, It was just like, F off. Just, yeah, just knocked yeah. it out of his hand. <laughs> and he looks so annoyed. And it got such a great reaction. And yeah, and when he tries to pick up the mic, she just kicks it away from him. Yeah. It was, I really laughed. And she just starts shouting, I know again. And the crowd chants that she knows. This was a really interesting opening segment. Because not only does it set mm. up this match of Champa versus Dream, but it also it keeps that plate spinning. Oh, that Nikki Cross knows something. Is Dream involved in Alistair Black's attack? Is Champ involved in Alistair Black's attack? And that comes up later on with Cassius Ono as well. Mm. Cassius Ono, I believe he wants to be called. <laughs> whatever it is. Um, so I, I thought this was a really fun opening segment. Yeah, I think they managed to do something here that, like, you wouldn't necessarily expect. Like, mm. I will, at no point was I expecting one to be interested in the Dream versus Champa as sort of like that would be the next title match mm. or just the next match anyway, or that Nikki Cross would just come out here and suddenly steal a scene completely oh, by yeah. without ever going on the microphone, no, or ever saying anything really, and just like just letting crowd reaction play out in the room. Yeah, I mean we said it last week. You know, NXT feels like a living, breathing universe, mm. and you kind of don't get that on Raw and SmackDown. Like at the moment, I couldn't imagine Becky Lynch being in the same ring as AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan or anything. They just feel like such separate entities. It's like they don't, they don't they know each other until Mixed Match Challenge yeah, they're, when they're they get to dance. Yeah, they're all kept very separate. <laughs> yeah, like feuds are kept very separate from other feuds. Mm. And it just feels like you are in this bit, you are in this box, now you're in this box, and now you're in this box. And mm. then eventually I'll take the toys out and I'll put them in different boxes. Whereas NXT just feels one big box that all the toys are in. Well, it just means, and it just means that there's less setup that needs to be done for matches for instance, where we might have a War Games match where Ricochet and Pete Dunne are teaming up with the War Raiders to take on Undisputed Era because they've all just coexisted in the same ring. From and they've, day all, they've actually all, you know, been seen in scenes together yes. without it having to be like, you know, Gallows and Anderson sometimes walk into other people's scenes backstage, but they live in their own little meta <laughs> universe. No one else knows each other on Raw or SmackDown no. until they're like, I have to fight you? Like, yeah. fine, we, oh, we oh, have I'm going to get to know you now. Uh, we see Adam Cole and Pete Dunne warming up backstage. And then we got our only other match on this show, which was the finest Conneries versus my boy, Keith Lee. Keith Lee, uh, WrestleTalk's favorite wrestler. Um, I'm, although his music sucks. 
Like his music. That's my is, note as well. It's so naff. His, it reminds me of. You remember when Samoa Joe first came into NXT and he had that awful music? Mm. It was just really, really bad. And everyone was like, good lord, this music is terrible. Yeah. And then eventually, like Samoa Joe, I think it was on Jericho's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and then it got turned into the good one. Yeah. And you said on Jericho's podcast, like, I told them this is what I wanted. I wanted it to sound like um, a theme tune from Godzilla. Mm. I wanted it to sound like that. And they completely misunderstood what I said. And made this beat was like, and it was like, and it was rubbish. And then he was like, no, 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 literally, it's this song. Yeah. This is what I want you to Georgia. do. And um, and yeah, and it was so. I kind of feel that's what Keith Lee needs. He needs a, he needs better music. He does because he it, it actually dampens some of his mystique. I think the idea that he's this kind of like you know he's got everything else about him sells this idea that he's Limitless. this incredibly like uh, worthy of adulation. You know his he. He's, he gives good face is what he gives oh, like he so gives such good, good like his, his whole mannerisms and stuff like I've not seen many wrestlers be able to do that kind of consistent level of just being like this is what my face looks like yeah The Rock does it amazingly yeah. Miz does it really well everyone else kind of does like just does mean face or Ronda Rousey flips between that and smiling like an yeah. idiot but Keith Lee just does this kind of smug but like, no, like not like not charisma, but almost not smug, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's it is. Like, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like it's actually just like pure confidence. It's, cu- it's cool. Yeah, he just looks cool and he acts cool. Like he carries himself like an mm. absolute star. Like his music that he had on the uh, the independent scene was so good and it really worked for his character. And and actually, it's not that dissimilar to what he's got in NXT. It's just this is like a lesser mm. version of that. But and maybe was, and maybe that is just my was. maybe that is just my issue with it. But whatever his promo music was when they were. First introducing mm-hmm. him, and it was all those in-ring promos and with him saying, "Like yeah. my glory, whatever that is, is great." Like that music was great. That made me go, "Like oh, this guy is one to watch." And unfortunately, I think the problem is the matches he's had so far on NXT haven't said that to me really. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that he's chucking just... Kona Reeves around. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, and it's Kona Reeves is. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not getting on with the, the Kona Reeves character. Like, even as a heel, I'm, I'm just not really into it. I don't think the crowd are that much into it either. He really feels like a product of NXT, and yeah. and, and and that's usually the most successful people to come out of NXT are people who've had success elsewhere. Yes, and they're just like going there, and you know, like the three guys that are in the main events, Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and Adam Cole, are all guys who made their name elsewhere and have come here and been all. Awesome. Mm. Kona Reeves is very much a. It just feels like a product of NXT. Dream is like the only Dream exception. Dream is yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. So I mean, and this match was absolutely fine. Lee kind of hulked up and he pounced Kona Reeves and then hit the supernova. The fireman's carrying into a jackhammer for the win. Um, I, I thought it was interesting as well, and only because I don't think I've really noticed this before. So when we were at Wrestling Media Con, I did an episode of Straight to Hell with mm. uh, Ross and Cultaholic, um, which will be out in the next couple of months, I think. And um, we were talking about like crowd reactions and stuff, and like crowd chants and, mm. and things like that. And Ross made a thing that I just, I didn't really think about. That he said, you know, when people go like the too sweet, whoop whoop, too yeah. sweet. He Ross's claim was he goes like, I would wager that a lot of the people doing the whoop whoop have no idea what that's in reference to. They're mm. doing it just because they've heard it and they're just they're just repeating it. Mm. And I was like, I was, and I didn't really think much about it. And then it happened in this match. He was like going, Keith Lee, whoop, whoop, Keith Lee. And I was like, oh, maybe people just do it now. Yeah, maybe it's, just, it's, it's, it's no longer part a part of the sort of parlance. Exactly. It's no longer a Marty thing anymore. Yeah. It's the same as booing Roman Reigns. <laughs> Nobody actually dislikes Roman Reigns. It's just, uh, it's like a Pavlovian response to seeing exactly him now. Is, yeah. You just have to say, yeah. boo, boo. <laughs> I actually like you, boo. <laughs> Uh, we've got an amazing, another amazing video package of Shayna Baszler training uh, for her Evolution match against Kyrie Sane. Uh, she says at Brooklyn that she was celebrating before she'd even caught the ball, which I thought was a really nice. Yeah. Thing. And then she, like, Shayna is an amazing promo. Mm. She is so natural when she delivers the dialogue that she's given, and she's just like, Do you know what pisses me off? It's people's uneducated eyes. Mm. Like, you know, she's like, that wasn't. It was my mistake. Like, she didn't win. I just, I slipped on the banana peel. I lost that match. Mm. I lost that match myself. She didn't beat me. I thought she cut such a great promo here. I mean, my note is, is like, I love this so much. Shayna is the best. She's, I mean, I just can't wait for her to go to the main roster. Oh. I'm just like, because the problem is, the only thing I want to see her do in NXT is be champion. And so, like, yeah. and I, that obviously stunts the entire division <laughs> massively because she is leagues above anyone currently there, I think, apart from, 
Shirai when she eventually turns up. Yeah, and I love Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane's great, but yeah. she doesn't yeah. like. She doesn't seem like because she's cutesy and most of her moves are fun. I think she just seems like bit of a joke like i wouldn't have her cut promos i mean that'd be my my big bit of feedback yeah. to get to nxt is because promos is not her strong suit wrestling is her strong suit because yeah. she is an excellent amazing wrestler with an awesome elbow because i would love to see yeah i would love to see her go against like io shirai when when that eventually kind of mm. they're both in the same on the same show finally um but yeah, I just think at the moment she doesn't feel like a credible threat as the champion, and and there's not also there's not some sort of beyond Baszler, who is the monster that's going to come and be challenging this super super, but like she is a super baby face more so than anyone else because she's got such a cute gimmick. Who's going to be the one to make her feel like she's actually in peril? Because everyone else, I can tell you one. Bianca Belair because she's undefeated. But I don't think she feels she's not dastardly enough. She's not like. But she's I think, undefeated. I know, but she's actually for a reason because she's really good. Like, <laughs> I want to see someone. I want to see someone like uh, like Baszler. Same works as a dynamic because Baszler is so vicious mm-hmm. that it's like tearing up children's toys when she beats up Kyrie Sane, isn't it? It's yeah, like yeah. it's like ripping up a dolly. It's not like um. And I think this is, it kind of exposes Kyrie as well because like Shayna did this such an amazing promo here. Mm. And she's so good. And her video packs are so great. And then the, it cuts to Kyrie doing an interview earlier today, and they were like talked about evolution. She's like, "Oh, I'm so excited for evolution!" And I'm like, "Well, instantly you're so much less cool than Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Shayna Baszler seems like a legit badass, and you seem like this goofy, doofy idiot who's just excited <laughs> I mean, because you get to be on yeah. a show." She got massively shafted by the production there. Oh, though. Didn't like, she? Just? Like, you know, Shayna Good Baszler Lord. gets a. They go film. So, un- so unfair. They go and film in Shayna's like gym. They bring along two of her mates who are also like very well-known faces from MMA. They film all this stuff. They film her running around. It's all really nicely shot. She cuts this really cool promo over the top of it. For Kyrie Sane, they're just outside the door to full sale, and they just stick a microphone and two phones and a dictaphone in front of her, pretending it's a press conference. I like the press conference. I don't mind. Yeah, but in terms of production, one is like well, one is like you're a star, and the other one is like we filmed this outside well, I, where I, you were and it's, it's all fake more than that I think it's just, I think doing the press conference thing is fine I think more than that is so that Shane was so great and like she is dangerous and she is a badass mm. and Kyrie Sane was like I'm excited for evolution mm. like you give her a better answer Kyrie Sane should have turned up to that press conference on a pirate ship <laughs> and then she should have been firing cannons into the building yeah, that's, that's stepped <laughs> off <laughs> uh, and uh, last couple of bits we've got uh, to talk about here. William Regal was walking backstage in an interview tried to ask him about Alistair Black. Big Willie Regs. But as he gets to his uh, his office door, Cassius Ono is then he's outside and he wants to know if his uh, new toy has arrived yet. The new toy in reference to Matt Riddle, um, who we haven't seen on TV since he... Um, oh, cheers. Since he uh, showed up in the crowd at um, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Um, and in a suit of all things. Yeah. How strange. <laughs> it is weird to see him in a suit. Uh, and he's like, and he says, um, oh, maybe this bromance isn't all it's cracked up to be. Some good lines here from, from Cassius. And he suggests that Riddle may have been the one to attack Black. Yeah, which a lot of people have suggested, actually. would be a good way to kind of debut Matt Riddle uh, in there. And actually mm-hmm. debut him as a heel, which would be something a bit different. Usually when you have like an, an indie darling, they just come in straight as a baby face because mm-hmm. everyone's going to love them regardless. Uh, and then we've got a video package to hype up the Undisputed Era versus the War Raiders for next week, which which made me very excited for that match because NXT video packages, much like WWE video packages, are great. I also love mm. that Bobby Fish, when he's cutting their promos, like in their little like industrial setting, he's just holding their award. It's yeah. just like he hasn't got his own title to hold anymore, so he just holds this award, <laughs> and it's really, no- it's just really funny. Uh, and then, so they're having a match next week, as are Nikki Cross and Bianca Belair. So that's NXT for this week. What did you think of this week's episode? Uh, again, yet another incredible episode of NXT television. I think that I, I was a little disappointed in the Keith Lee Kona Reeves match, but I thought the opening segment was great despite not really didn't do a lot to like set up a match and it didn't do much more it to sort of the push spinning. things forward, but it keeps enough plates spinning. And then that triple threat, which was basically half the show, 
If you just watch half an hour of wrestling this week, just watch that because it, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was a, an incredible, awesome main event. Really enjoyed the opening segment, and I absolutely adore these Shayna Baszler video mm. packages. I could yeah. probably watch a whole show of just those, <laughs> and I would be like five out of five best show of the week. That'd be like UFC's uh, <laughs> setup videos that they do before exactly. the big fights. I just want to give a big thanks to uh, an email received from uh, Dylan from Cork uh, that he sent to us. It was just, it, it just titled Thank You Restaurant. I won't read it out, but uh, thank you very much for your very kind words you said about the show. And uh, hope that you are feeling better and hope that this uh, everything just, you know, everything comes up roses. You know, and I'm glad that we can help out in any way that we can. Um, we got this here from Richard Dweck. Um, and it's funny enough, actually, it kind of ties into what we were just talking about. So me and Ollie have been talking about our creator wrestlers that you used to have back in the day on wrestling games. <laughs> now, mine uh, was always, uh, it was Fox Rider. Was Fox Rider, what a name, that was, so yeah, good. No, that was my, uh, my wrestler's name back in, well, it was what I used to have on No Mercy. And my finisher was like, a, it was a reverse tombstone where you get them into a powerbomb position and then they drop down and into a tombstone position and then you drop them. It was brilliant. Anyway, so uh, this is from Richard. I'm an amateur stand-up comedian, three years and 24 years old. I've been a wrestling fan since July 25th, 2002, which was Rey Mysterio's WWE debut. I like that you were very specific with that. Never mind that the wrestling is not real. <gasps> Bumps are, of course, because everything I loved was fake. Power Rangers and Spider-Man. Uh, Power Rangers ain't fake. <laughs> so here are some of the creator wrestlers that he has had over the years just in time uh, he looks like neo from the matrix he's a superhero who was always just in time both as a civilian and superhero mm -hmm. uh, and wallace is a six foot three 160 to 190 pounds he is based off the comedian emo phillips and has an 80s look his standard attire is a white t-shirt where that is striped with either red purple or green stripes tie-dye dungarees high socks and worn out white and red bowling shoes whoa Ooh. Um, and he's got a quick Rusev hay in here as well. I once saw Balls Mahoney at a uh, local indie show. He was a super nice guy. Very much a Mick Foley type with, uh, with looks-wise not matching his personality. He has a son who was a teenager now that I first saw when he was five and he looked exactly like his dad, but with more teeth. And he jumped off high places and just got back uh, and got back up instantly just running around. I've met Colt Cabana, Trent Beretta, Vader at some signings before the show where I met Colt and Trent. I saw Carlito, but he seemed to have a bad attitude. I met John Morrison there, but uh, he stayed in character. One wrestler who I'd really like to meet is Matt Seidel, uh, aka Evan Bourne. I like the fact that he met Balls Mahoney, the product of Balls Mahoney's balls. <laughs> That's my favourite bit about that. Yeah. So I, um, I was starting a little project um, about uh, wrestlers in movies, mm -hmm. and Balls Mahoney has got one acting credit to his name, and it's in uh, this film. The name of the film escapes me now. But I, um, I, I actually, let me see if I can find the email I've got about this, because this is a fun little story. Um, uh, but try and fill for time while, while I you find it. I'll tell you about my creator character history. Yeah. Uh, so SmackDown, uh, there, was a, there was a time where me and my brother, being 12 years old, were very into Too Cool. <laughs> uh, as we all were. As we all were. But we made a heel version of Too Cool <laughs> yeah. uh, called uh, Scotty Too Snotty. Mm -hmm. And Grandmaster Stinky, <laughs> <laughs> and they essentially this. So that was in the that was in the SmackDown before Too Cool were in the next one. So I think Too Cool came into SmackDown either at two or three. So this was SmackDown one or two, depending on which mm -hmm. one it was. And uh, yeah, before Too Cool were in there, but they had this was still at the point where the, the, the worm was a taunt that you could do, and then you could do you could put the uh, the like drop on at the end of it. Yes. So you'd have to sort of force it like really force mm -hmm. the issue same thing where you could do with the um before they had tag team moves proper in the game you could do uh poetry in motion as the hardy boys by having matt do a tour that's right that yes put him down and yeah. then jeff would jump off his back yeah but it wasn't a move before they like made that like a scripted cinematic that you did yeah um so we made those i also then used to make a sort of pseudo undertaker style character slash kane who was really called just, abyss <laughs> yeah abyss is actually just one of my custom creations that came to life it's really strange now he was he wasn't actually as cool as that <laughs> he, he was really tall and did like uh the kind of chokeslam last ride style finisher yeah, yeah. big big guy power moves but he had little horns on his head and me being a creative sort of child horny was his name <laughs> um so he, he had quite a, a long and illustrious career. And then when I finally got like No Mercy on the N64, 
Uh, I used to just make a character called Loz, which was my nickname at school. And he just used to have... Because No Mercy gave you such fine control oh, amazing. over every single aspect of your moveset. And you could even do like reversals from everything. So every single one of... the best game ever. Every single one of my moves was somebody else's finisher. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Uh, I do the crippler crossface. I do, <laughs> I do a sharpshooter. I do the rock bottom. Um, so anyway, back to uh, the uh, Balls Mahoney story I had mm. earlier. So the film was called I Spill Your Guts, and it was um, very much in that sort of trauma um, aspect of it. So I, anyway, I wanted to see the film. And I was trying to find a way to watch the film. So I reached out to the director, the writer and director of the film, and kind of just sent him an email, explained what my project was, and he got back in touch with me, sent me a link to watch the film in that. Balls Mahoney's in one scene, and he just gives someone an unprotected chair shot. Like, really? hard in their head and it is like gruesome to watch and it's like and he's like he's training a you know a wrestler and then that wrestler gets killed uh, quite gruesomely but James um, who's the director James Balsamo had this little uh, he sent me this in an email he said Balls was an awesome guy he heard I wrestled in high school and after we filmed he challenged me to a wrestling match what was crazy is that he broke his arm the night before in an indie wrestling company chair pile up brackets if you've ever watched ECW that's when the whole audience throws their chair into the ring so Balls had his forearm a bone almost poking through his skin I kid you not Balls was very persistent in wrestling me of course I did it how could I not and I pinned him Balls told me not to hold back because of his injury he had pride like that so I wrestled him and pinned him he got up and said let's go again so we did I wrestled Varsity for two years and I hold a record for the fastest pin of the year being 13 seconds Balls didn't know that part. I pinned him again. He got up and said, next time I see you, we're going to have a rematch. Sadly, Balls passed away. If I ever see him on the other side, I hope we get to have that rematch. Aww. So that was a really, really nice email from him. And I, and I really liked that. And he actually sent me a, um, uh, a promo that he shot with the film, like a, a promo from Balls Mahoney to promote I Spill Your Guts um, that he's got on YouTube. So it's very, very nice. I might put that Aww. promo right at the end of this. Um, let's have a quick joke here to uh, let us out. Um, that's a joke we've already had. Google oh, Mail. Curses. Curses, Google Mail. Right. So we've got this one instead. So we're doing these kind of little bad jokes. We had some amazing cheese-based jokes recently. Uh, and this one uh, comes in from a little piece version two. There was a recall on no uh, Norl Norlco? Hmm. N-O-R-E-L-C-O. -R -R -E I'm assuming that's actually a make of electric razor. I'm just going to quickly Google that. It is. Yes, there we go. So let's say Gillette, okay. uh, unless it's actually part of the pun. The best a man, man can, can get. get. Other shavers are available. There was a recall on electric razors after a freak explosion accident caused Mr. Benny Smith to spontaneously combust and be reduced to a pile of ash, which just goes to show you a Benny shaved is a Benny earned. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, you didn't actually need the uh, the brand name in there for the. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not a, a British one. I don't get. Uh, and also a quick one from JP's Gaming, who sent us a really nice email the other day. Um, asking us for advice on how to become a commentator. Unfortunately, his email was a little bit garbled, and me and Ollie couldn't really make heads or tail of it. And he says, uh, emailed and say, sorry about my last email. I bloody hate autocorrect. Oh. Uh, so thank you very much for getting in touch I with us. I hate autocorrect. Today I tried to write uh, Keith Lee's, <laughs> the, the description of Keith Lee's finisher, the supernova, which is a, a fireman's carry into a jackhammer. That's right. Uh, my autocorrect turned it into foreman's carry, Capital C, as if I'm writing Jim Carrey, and then Jackhammer. So, Foreman's Carey. Foreman. So, as if it was the Foreman Carey's Jackhammer that he owned. So, yes. my my autocorrector decided that I had obviously been writing about construction work. Mm. <laughs> Uh, and before we get out of here, let's have a quick wrestle talk. Get better, and because Ollie's actually been doing his own wrestle talk, get better. He went to the gym last night, and then he went for like some boxing session thing. He's gone to Tybo. While we <laughs> did this, uh, so this comes in from Joshua Matthews. Hi, Luke. I don't expect you to read this out in the wrestle ramble. Well, we are. But having heard you talk about Parkrun on a recent episode, I thought I would Shows share with you know. my experiences as someone who has managed nearly fifty. Firstly, I would ignore Ollie scoffing your time. Ollie was very. Uh, we talked about this at um. The Progress Hello Wembley show. Yeah. I told him my time, and Ollie essentially looked at me and was like, well, that is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, like, but it's done, isn't it? It's not. It's about doing it, not the how long it takes. That's what I said. But Ollie's unless about, it takes you forever. No, it took it me would, thirty-eight minutes, and it's the first time I've ever run five k. That's fine. That's what I thought. Uh, firstly, I would ignore Ollie scoffing your time. We all need to start somewhere. Thank you very much. Uh, and to put your time into context, my first five k park run took me forty-one minutes, although I was approximately one hundred and twenty k twenty-five kilograms at the time. Since then, I have lost twenty kilograms and can now run five k in just over thirty minutes and taken part in a number of 10k runs across the north of England that I have found and I really enjoy it. Boom. There are so many secondary benefits to running as well, not just to improve your physical health, but lots of these events, not just parkrun, there is a fantastic community spirit and I saw a definite improvement in my own mental health. Other benefits, escaping predators. <laughs> if the zombie apocalypse <laughs> yeah, ever happens. If the zombie happens. apocalypse ever happens, you are, unless it's the runners, well, in which yeah. case... They also might be really fit. I mean, you don't want them from. Do you get muscle side. fatigue as a zombie? That's what I. Do you I, get like, o- like oxygen debt? And <laughs> I don't think they do. I mean, they did something like this in Land of the Dead. I think the the fourth Romero movie he did like it was twenty years after Day of the Dead. And mm. I think he kind of like tried to introduce something along those lines, but I can't remember what it was now. I haven't seen that film in like. 20- I haven't seen that film since it came out in the cinema, and I was at <laughs> university then. Zombies on a Segway. <laughs> Uh, if you are looking to improve your time, then I would suggest doing something similar to what I did. I set myself a goal of knocking off five seconds every week, and then you will find that that is more than achievable and will probably take a lot more of your time when you really get into running. I would also suggest that you don't run and walk. Try to find a consistent pace that means you keep running for the entirety, as I found that my times came down quicker by doing this instead of stopping and starting, which mm-hmm. is what I currently do. I get a bit tired, and then I have to walk for a bit, and then I kind of find the... I would suggest just starting slower. Yeah. That's <clears throat> uh, probably about, it's actually very good. Just keep your pace consistent. That's it, yeah. Very good advice. Uh, I've also heard that you were struggling to not get bored while running. That is very true. I found that making uh, it a competition against myself from the previous week, sticking on an episode of one of my favorite podcasts or listening to some high-paced music really helped drag me on the early Saturday morning runs. I do listen to podcasts while I do. I try and find like a podcast I really enjoy, like Cinematic Universe or Mm. Talking Simpsons. Um, Not wrestling ones, funny enough. I've been a fan of WrestleRamble since day one and hope you continue to produce a consistent product for many years. Kind regard to the world's best commentator, Josh Matthews. He is one of our pledge hammers. And of course, his name is Josh Matthews. We call him the best commentator in the world. <laughs> Josh Matthews, not the real one. Thank you very much for your email and congratulations to you on the weight that you've lost and your park run success. Well done. But that is all we've got time for. Ollie and I will be back on Saturday with the magazine show, which will actually feature, speaking of Josh Matthews, our Bound for Glory predictions, which is happening this Sunday. Hubba uh, hubba. As well as obviously crap gimmicks and mailbag questions. And Until then, we'll see you. uh, We'll see you next time. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.